Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. It has. This is a special episode of So It's Come to This. Cheers to you, my friend. Cheers. We got our dark and stormies in hand, and ahoy, mateys. We're entering stormy seas. It's uh, We're in the episode before episode 70 spectacular. That's right. The penultimate 70th episode. <laughs> uh, we're here to talk about a very special movie. Near and dear to my heart. This is big. This is the only episode After that seeing this it for could the have happened. Yeah, this is really an instant forged relationship. This is, uh, so it's come to this after dark. It is. This is the latest we've recorded because we wanted to be method for such a powerful movie as 1995's Powerhouse Showgirls. That's right. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast. And we saw episode 69 coming up fast bearing down on it oh yeah we've been sticking to this weekly schedule and we can see it looming and you can't just pass by episode 69 without being truly stupid (laughs) you can't just chicken out and do normal episode 69 and then do like a week episode 169 joke you blew it this, to, this is a one-and-done deal. This here. is it. You don't get to just like, oh, shit, we forgot. We should have done something funny for 69. Yeah. Because we're both also just 12-year-old boys yeah. inhabiting 30-something-year-old This bodies. is your only chance to do something truly dumb and unoriginal mm-hmm. and unintelligent. Because there's no way this thing's getting to 420. And <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be long. Uh it's so dumb and so impossible to pass up, but we actually had discussion about it. We took this role seriously, and there were other good ideas for episode 69. There was body double, because mm-hmm. we figure we're going to do all the De Palma at some point. What better time than Man. body double? This one had a lot we're of parallels a, to body double. We're going to have to have a De Palma stretch here yeah. coming up Ooh, soon. Ooh, is De Palma our next after our carpenter stretch? <laughs> Maybe. It's a good candidate. Good candidate. And another uh, suggestion, because we're also doing all the Cronenberg, Mm. is A History of Violence, which had an on-screen 69. Very infamous. So it's a 69 within a 69. And so we figured, oh, well, what better time to do that? That's pretty meta, though. Yeah. We're we're not quite that meta. No. No, no. We don't have We're simple men. (laughs) And then we just kind of got hit with Showgirls. It's weird to do Showgirls episode like one thirteen, mm-hmm. right? Where's you know, it gonna fit in? <laughs> like, it's Otherwise. weird to just have that pop up on the schedule in the late eighties, right? You know, exactly. Like, hey guys, uh, it's March. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's spring. <laughs> we can finally go outside again, and uh, here's our episode of Showgirls. Yeah, it doesn't quite click. Yeah, it has to be something stupid. But we're here to tell you this is episode sixty nine of yeah, So It's the Come 69th. to This. And, and uh, I didn't think it would get there. You don't think it hit in episode 69 when you start a podcast. You kind of focus on, like, maybe we get to double digits. That's a right? impressive thing. That's tough. 
That's tough to do 10. One podcast at a time. That's how we run yeah. this show. So you don't think of episode 69, the big one. <laughs> and when you get there, you want to celebrate it with a movie meant to be celebrated. Oh, now, man. this is a movie that goes for it. It doesn't always know what it is going for, but it goes for it. <laughs> I don't think it ever knows what it is going for. It cost $45 million. Oh, a studio God. agreed to finance $45 million for this. This was thought to be for a, for a, a guaranteed hit. Yeah. Joe Esterhaus, I'm forgetting uh, the exact dollar amount, but it was one of those like, man sells terrible screenplays for $5 million kind of stories, you know? And, oh, I got to say, though, I like this movie. <laughs> There's something about this movie. This is a movie. Yeah, this is definitely a movie that played to some audiences in a movie theater. <laughs> people saw this thing. It did that. And, and it'll always have that, at least. People can still see it. Um, Yeah, this movie, it's 1995. It's at Hollywood's sexiest Dude, Hollywood time. was steamy in the mid-90s. And I think this came up maybe in an earlier show. I don't remember, but... Me, as I would have been 12 years old when yeah, this thing came I'm out. Yeah, 14. Uh, Hollywood was kinky in the 90s. Yeah, man. In a way that it does not do that 93 anymore. to 96 was some steamy pot boilers. Yeah. And we had our steamy stuff in the 80s for sure. Yes. Our body doubles, our, our body heats. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But something about this run of early 90s, Basic Instinct through Showgirls, it was all Joe Esterhaus. This Esterhaus influence. They let him into the house. He made money, and then they said, keep showing us this sexiness. Yeah. And he said, well, what if I made it unsexy? <laughs> we'll give you $45 million. What if we drop the sexiness and up to the weird? Because when I was a kid, all I knew about Showgirls was the advertising. Yeah. Which was mostly like the poster with the leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or ads with uh the girl from saved by the bell busting out through a stage and i thought sexy sexy yeah my little my little brain was going this is hot and Mm. and forbidden fruit totally and having just watched it now this is potentially the most unsexy film i've ever watched in my (laughs) life this is a flaccid (laughs) terribly misogynistic grossly it is hateful uh to women yeah just grossly unromantic it is stunningly gross and insincere and mean about sex and mean-spirited yeah and it wants to tell you this message about all this but it's doing it in just the worst way but it's really telling you like women have it the shittiest (laughs) vegas seems like the biggest pit in history, there are apparently people in mid-90s Las Vegas who are employed as just professional niggers. <laughs> like, their only job is to stand at a corner and just, like, diss women's bodies right when they walk by. But also do it while, like, roughly grabbing their arm. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that's a just cesspool. a job. That's just a job. Las Vegas is of just being like, hey, armpit. how about you have sex to work off that baby fat <laughs> while she's like, while he's kind of lightly shaking her or like clutching her jaw. You're just like, who the f- yeah, who right. got to this job? This movie is in a hell world. Well, I knew that this, this movie was about dancing, yeah, stripping, Ted, sexiness. 
Uh, but this movie did not play out like I thought. Oh, so in so my head, this, this is this is exciting happen. for me because you this was your first viewing. I was a showgirl's virgin. Yeah, up until this. So moment. you were only uh, shown the advertising of your youth, and I was too the leg through the poster I and the kind of shock to, that to uh, follow up. Yeah, the Saved by the Bell girl was in this. Yeah. This was one of the most infamous, for bad reasons, breaking out of my child role. This was like, you probably could could have done less than that, Berkeley. She, again, like you said, she went for it. She went like for it. Like everything else in this movie. And it sucks in a way that somebody wasn't there to say, hey now, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Just, uh, you know, maybe show one full frontal scene. Not three or four. And then Gina Gershon was right there with her being like, I can do this for Killer Joe. I'll do it. This movie is Killer Joe. This movie is dumber Killer Joe. Those people were dumb movies in a sophisticated written scenario. Mm -hmm. These people are dumb people just doing dumb things. Their lives are lame. (laughs) Vegas looks terrible. This is just so. It's but the then most, there's. It's so. Un, that's what I mean when I say it's so unsexy. It's so yeah. unappealing. It's hard for me to imagine myself being in a scenario where I don't flee from any of these rooms that we are in. Yeah. In a man. normal, regular scenario of life. Like, if I stumble into these strip clubs blind drunk, I'm getting out of there because it's just. I'm gross as hell. To get a little new age spiritual on this Uh i am someone who uh, i'm someone who thinks like sex is a very special thing that's an intimate thing you know that's like a thing that you can't joke around with and that's a thing with full trust you know that's important and this movie makes sex out to be the grossest transaction possible everybody talks about sex in the most ugly un sexy terms possible yeah these people are so uncouth talking about sex in this movie and beyond that idea of sex the idea of titillation and burlesque or or the way that sex can be fun and engaging and fun for a group or people there's nothing fun in what's going on here this is straight like Clam digging. Yeah, man. This, this is, is work. This is racy. This is work that these people are putting yeah, this, into. Yeah, this material is racy and in like a mean-spirited way. Yeah. This is... It kind of hit me this time. I've seen this movie three times. I've spent you, six and a half hours pervert. of my life watching Showgirls. <laughs> How is that? The NC-17 version? You know, I will say this version. This version seemed dirtier adult than previous versions I've seen. This seemed to have scenes that went on way more uncomfortably long mm-hmm. than I remembered. A lot of scenes went on uncomfortably. So uncomfortably I've tricked, long. accidentally tricked our movie group into watching softcore porn, <laughs> like twice at least. I think it's true. It's it's true. It's genuine that I didn't know. But then there was one movie. Like, <laughs> it's called Five Loose Women. Five Loose Women. That's Eric. such a funny name for a softcore <laughs> women's prison escape movie. Five Loose Women. Who could have known what the plot of the movie was? I knew there would be nudity, but I didn't know it would go into full like seven-minute <laughs> intercourse scenes. Yes, yes. Yeah. I did not know that. 
You expect boobs in a women in prison film. I didn't expect the level of grinding. Mm-hmm. And in Showgirls, there was a lot of grinding. Were you less comfortable during Showgirls or Five Loose Women? Five Loose Women felt weirder to me because it you was know in what? the light of day. I'll say we, we fast-forwarded through some scenes of Five Loose Women. We had we it on 1.5 f- speed for a couple we, that went on long. We watched Showgirls in its entirety uncut. Now, we didn't have the option of 1.5 speed, I so felt, it wasn't on the table. I felt very uncomfortable. And I'll tell you, full disclosure, we're watching it outside in your backyard. This and is, you have neighbors. Yeah. And I was almost more uncomfortable with the fact that not only were the neighbors hearing all this like, bow, 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 but then yeah. that would be followed up with dialogue like, everyone got the AIDS. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a what a showboat reading. And I just imagine myself going like being the neighbor, stepping outside going, what is all that noise? And just being like, you fuck him. Everyone got the AIDS. <laughs> All right, I'm going to close my door. I'm going to make a complaint on nextdoor.com. Let me just say, no, no, no. (laughs) I am so happy with my neighbor situation. Yeah. This is a good three-house stretch, I think. This is a chill three-house stretch. These neighbors are cool. Yeah, I like But we are testing their coolness But we are pushing it. (laughs) Each, each Each of them has thrown a party that went past midnight. So we watch Showgirls at 8 p.m. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The we we did, were done by ten p.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was still Sensible. Showgirls, and it is. There are some line reads in this movie. The movie really tells you what it is when Elizabeth Berkeley has her first interaction with like a fellow dancer, and within thirty seconds, Elizabeth Berkeley just drops. You don't know shit. <laughs> just screaming it in her oh, face. Yeah. This movie is the well, most. That this movie for the first time ever. I'm watching this, and it just feels like a classless Mulholland Drive. Mm-hmm. You were getting the Mulholland vibes too. I was right? getting that in, in that the, this character who comes from nothing has this you were meteoric the... rise to stardom. Yeah, but this, but I mean, lines like that are great. But also lines like, you know, why don't you feel up your tits a little more? Dude, like, there's a lot of TikTok. <laughs> In Showgirls, uh, it's a lot, a lot of, of tit talk. That but, line, but it's a meat market. This this movie is yeah. a meat market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing sexy about the objectifying way that this movie does it. And I'm sure Paul Verhoeven, the director, who we've talked about with RoboCop, and who is a and he's great, a, an absolute satirist. I I, I get love it. Verhoeven, man. And I'm sure that's exactly what he's going for. Doesn't make the experience any less uncomfortable. Knowing that no. that's what he's going for, we're Verhoeven, watching the meat market. Verhoeven films this like Larry Clark. Oh, <laughs> you know? totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. This is uh, kids. The se- this is could yeah. be the sequel to Kids. For this sure. is a div- this is a woman that fled New York and went out to Vegas. This is a side story from Kids, yeah. but it is just it is just no class, man. This is a vulgar movie. Totally. This is a tasteless movie. This is the kind of thing that I think is with John Waters, who I adore, his tastelessness is really winking. It's campy. Yeah. He his camp is very specific. Like, I think a lot of people who defend this movie wanna call it camp. No. This is not camp. There's no camp. This is not camp, guys. There were opportunities okay. for camp. Could have could have been a great camp movie. Yeah. What's crazy about this movie is it could have been a lot of cool things. Yeah. And it decided to do none of those it cool things. It chose the most hateful route. I love it 
watching it through the lens of once it struck me that it is Mulholland Drive with absolutely no taste. Mm-hmm. I got into it in a lens that I haven't gotten into it before. But even then, I don't know how anybody writes or performs a guy who's like jealous but heartfelt plea to his new stripper girlfriend was that she didn't like him giving someone a lap dance because, quote, man, everyone got AIDS and shit. (laughs) He's so fed up with the world and so sick of the AIDS. I don't know who could... He says that line so sincerely and so terribly, and the movie is filled with that. I don't think Elizabeth Berkley is that bad. This killed her career. Yeah, that's a tough one because she does, I think, exactly what the movie wants her to do. Yeah, this was just... She plays it like... I mean, she plays it like Naomi Watts plays the first half of Mulholland Drive with naivete, but also don't fuck with me-ness, but also... The Naomi Watts Mulholland Drive Vulnerable. Yeah, man. I saw that when I was... You know, the opening to this movie is actually very different than what I imagined. Right? She's like hitchhiking from the Colorado mountains or something. She gets to Vegas with nothing. It, it, it was much grittier, like almost realistic kind of like the first 15 minutes. I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I it get, felt like this actual is a person. Drama. It felt yeah. like a person. And then once, you know, she kind of dances at the cheetah club, it stopped feeling like a real person, but there's a, almost a sense of like a, a <laughs> real person there. Yeah. She's which is crazy. I think she's she's actually pretty good in this movie and she's given material that can be pretty impossible. Oh. Yeah. The there one thing I will say as much as I'm sure she's trained she is not a dancer. She has some of the most unsexy and unpleasant to watch moves and the fact that everyone is like you are the best dancer i've ever seen yeah that's what really quickly like delegitimizes the movie (laughs) that's a tough kind of movie to make when you make this like nobody can get enough of this new rising star you gotta make your star believably risable yeah like lady gaga in a star is born. Well, this is like this is like that segment in Citizen Kane where he's got the untalented wife who yeah. he buys the opera house for and yeah, applauds yeah. for when she's off note in her debut and the whole plot, totally. uh, the the whole delusional, you know, building up this career over a delusion or or a pity. Yeah, like that's almost right there with this movie. That we could have been explored. We should have done this with a double feature with the uh, butterfly, the Piazzadora. Oh, I don't know vehicle. that one. Oh, that was mm. like the early 80s. Pia Zadora was married to a producer. We should have done this as a double feature with M. Butterfly. Fuck it. <laughs> this bring the We're going to do it. We're going an hour on M. Butterfly someday. Can you imagine a, <laughs> the Cronenberg Verhoeven double feature Jeez. you've always wanted? I love Paul Verhoeven. I think he's great. I think he was unfairly shit on for being too trashy. His brand of trash, like you said, is different than John Waters' trash. Mm-hmm. John Waters makes some s- disgusting stuff. He goes to a level of filth that Verhoeven doesn't. There's no singing buttholes. <laughs> In Showgirls, we come close, but we don't quite oh, get there. We, yeah, we're right on the cusp I mean, there's gross singing buttholes. I love John Waters, and he's so important to my love of cult film. And there's just 
this is mean John Waters. John Waters mm-hmm. likes his trash. He likes his camp. This movie like hates this grimy element. This is this is like one of those Linda Blair sleazy '80s crime movies mm-hmm. that are way too graphic, or like a Death Wish sequel that's more graphic than you expect it to be. But the graphicness, and this is what I don't think people expect. I'm sure you were shocked. The graphicness is in the language, right? It's not like swears are said, but it's just like God. Imagine people talking to each other like this. It's right. It's just in the way that the guy's like, "Yeah, suck my cat, girls." So yeah, it's off the so team like unpleasant. Like, they God, really? they hate all the best uh, things. It's it's a it's exhausting too. Really, yeah. it is. Like all of these dancers round, are so catty people. Yeah. Oh, they're so catty and backstabby. And yeah, Nomi is a stripper. We get this striptease scene between her and Kyle MacLachlan that is the longest scene in film. Man, this might be the first time Kyle MacLachlan has come up in this podcast, which is crazy. Cause yeah. I love him in a lot of movies. But what was going on with this movie? With Kyle, like, where does. So how, we, does how does he navigate the waters of. Man. Of escaping the collapse of Dune. Yeah. To still have a career with David Lynch, and he goes on, and he has this bright, shining moment with Twin Peaks in the early nineties, oh, and yeah. he's like this cultural, like next guy. Yeah, and then he's like, you know what I should do <laughs> is uh, have sex in a pool on camera for for this terrible, terrible movie, and they give him the same haircut as he's got in Blue Velvet. Oh man, eleven years earlier, Jeffrey or whatever. Beaumont right? just, he's just boning in a he's, pool. He's literally looks to me. There was no difference between this Kyle MacLachlan and Jeffrey Beaumont. This was like the Back to the Future Part Two version yeah, of man. Beaumont, just like gone all sleeves. It's so weird and that I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the least for him. It's it really sucks because Kyle MacLachlan is so lovable to me. Yeah, uh, my man. When Twin Peaks was on and at its you know zenith, it was my parents' favorite show. It's probably the one of the weirdest shows they've ever watched. It's one of those things. It, it's a cultural phenomenon. If you weren't there in 1990, I don't think you yeah. understand how much this thing was on TV Guide and on all the talk shows. And this was the before f- the internet. This thing was viral. This was like parents, crazy. parents getting weird again. Yeah, this is like yeah, parents is watching a normal, weird thing. All, all your normal parents watching this crazy murder mystery. Yeah, before true crime or before the small town crime. Yeah. was more than just unsolved mysteries. Right. And but it yeah, was, he was so a popular. My parents would talk about the show, like excited for the next week's episode. I don't remember the next kind of show that they watched right. like that. The water cooler yeah. effect. Yeah. And Kyle MacLachlan is a guy beloved by moms. We've talked about this before, how it's kind of crazy. Kyle MacLachlan has not had a career like, you know, an actual leading man mm-hmm. in major stuff, like a crossover star to moms and, and everyone. Like Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd deserves to be where he's at. The guy's awesome. The guy's the most likable dude ever, you know? Sure. But Kyle McLaughlin shouldn't be that far off. He's liked by so many people for good reasons. Yeah, he, he could, he, you know, he... There aren't scandals related to him, right? I feel like if Dune was a success, he would have been... On the fast track. But it's like... I feel like he just kept hitting these roadblocks of, like, the things he was in were either... They just didn't hit for whatever yeah, there's reason. there's, like, people like Mark Wahlberg, 
who have like personal racial oh, histories well, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're huge. You know, you have Rob Lowe, who's now back to being universally beloved after being on tape having sex with a minor. That derailed his career for five years, but he's back, and people like him because he's the Parks and Rec guy. Mm-hmm. How is Kyle MacLachlan not bigger than Rob Lowe or Charlie Sheen? You know, how did that not happen? Dude, if I knew, I'd be a millionaire because yeah. I'd be in this it's Hollywood so mechanism. It's so here. weird to go from Twin Peaks and have this huge, like, amazing part, and then the follow-up movie, which he is also just like, oh, him and Lynch are a perfect pair, you know? And then after that, he's like, yeah, the Flintstones movie. <laughs> exactly. I'll be the villain. Ah, showgirls? I'll talk violently about fingering women and also choke them? Yeah. So you want me to orgasm on screen in my pants? <laughs> Just jizz hard in my pants. After, I'll, take, I'll take the role. After I'll take an the role. epileptic striptease? Yeah. After this... the most un sexy striptease of all time all right i mean that's just the the whole movie is like trying to convince you that it is sexy yeah man and that this is like what's really going on and the whole time you're watching it going a it's not sexy b there's not a a, if there's a show like goddess at the stardust i don't know about it yeah if there's famous shows i i like the is that a thing what do these, they do these... they have big like <laughs> high production strip shows at these casinos i don't know i've man. been to vegas i've been there too i, I didn't get the flyer like about the stardust presents gina gershon in everyone gets nude and has fake sex Dude, on the stage while goddess, you eat, while you man. eat a lobster that I love how the shows are packed every night, and I just have this idea. And they're of going like, nuts, man. I have this idea of goddess fans being like, "We put up with all this goddess dancing because of nudity." <laughs> like that's all goddess is. This is just a bunch of high rockets kicks. Well, that's what I mean. What's a Vegas show? It's usually Celine Dion or Bette Midler. Or yeah, I know Prince did Britney a residency Spears for a while. One. Elton John was out there. Blue Man Group, Penn and Teller. But these theater shows in Vegas are like Midwestern or, or vacationers. These are like yeah. normal people coming into a casino and they take in a show. Yeah. They don't take in goddess, guys. I don't care what you want me to believe yeah. in 1995. That's not where this we country is. We used to go to Reno headed. a bunch for Hot August Nights and going there after going How many like tits did you game? see at Hot August Nights, huh? None. Oh. I was my parents kept me pretty shielded. So real life then. Yeah, yeah. it was real. Hot August <laughs> Nights was basically old boomers like my parents. And then one year we saw the Beach Boys and John Stamos was on percussion. There you go. That's what that's my memory of Hot August Nights. But <laughs> <laughs> we're saying not as titillating as Goddess. The, the, yeah. the all I don't remember. So I've been to Vegas a couple show. times and we, I've been to Reno a bunch and I remember there being taxi cab ads for like strip clubs mm-hmm. you know like on the taxi cab top ads but i don't remember billboards being like know me is <laughs> goddess the stardust proudly presents yeah yeah that kind of a thing i, I don't know that and uh but that's the problem elizabeth berkeley this wrecked things she's very sensitive about it i heard a secondhand story of somebody encountering her at a hollywood party Mm. And thinking it would be fun, not in a mean-spirited way, so they say, to do the the hand dance, thinking it'd be a fun icebreaker. And, like, Elizabeth Berkley got really mad and stormed off. And it's like, man, she went through she went through shit with this movie. This was like Monica Lewinsky. It's totally unfair. Movies. No, yeah. She and she's not bad she in it. The, the material job, right? is really bad. Mm-hmm. 
And she might make some wrong tone choices in certain scenes, and she got in over her head in a lot of scenes. But, but this mo- whole movie's over. This its whole head. movie's over. It said, "I re- we really love here on this pod, uh, Stacy Nelkin. She was she's the girl in in uh, Halloween three, Big Milkin Head, <laughs> and uh, she's in Get Crazy, that great putting on a concert mm-hmm. flick we watched. And Elizabeth Berkeley's like a '90s version of her. She does look genuinely pretty in a lot of scenes, but her movement she's is, statuesque. She's yeah, and you can I mean she looks very gorgeous in some scenes." Except when she's moving. <laughs> she moves so unpleasantly in some scenes. It's kind of like a straight-faced, sad version of the Jamie Lee Curtis strip scene in True Lies. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is like a mom playing it, you know, who's still kind of got it. If who's she's who's to definitely playing it for laughs. A little more flash dancey. Yeah, exactly. She's like playing it for laughs, but it's also kind of sexy. She's kind of getting into it. Elizabeth Berkeley's way too into it. She's way too serious. The moves are badly choreographed. Yeah. A lot of the choreography is garbage in this movie. And that does it's not... It's just too aggressive. It's I mean, aggressive, and it's like an aggressive version of the apple. Jamie Lee Curtis dancing in True Lies is a hundred times more genuinely erotic than it anything is. that happens in it's this movie. It's not treated as too much of a joke, and it's not... She, Jamie Lee Curtis, finds the tone. Yeah. And it was a sexy scene that could also be played as comedy. That's tough. Exactly. This whole movie is like trying to do that, but failing. This tr- movie's trying to be very serious, and it's kind of unpleasing at different moments. But it's also kind of a weird, oddly entrancing uh, film noir. The movie has a lot of lure to it, and it keeps luring you in throughout its very long running time. Oh, my this God. This movie's yeah. two, hun- two hours and ten minutes unnecessary first of all like this movie should have started like a half hour in where she's already a dancer like yeah. this movie really gives you the the whole scenario of her yeah, you get living the origin in the trailer, story on Nomi you know her knowing the girl and what's great too is that there's actually never really like a plot in this movie other than her just getting promoted yeah it's a star is born but without like the international acclaim but like nothing happens at the end like What's, nothing is resolved at the end of this movie. What is such a bummer about after this two movie? Plus hours. <laughs> after there after all the very constant negging. Mm-hmm. The biggest this movie is about women stars making money. And the movie takes every opportunity to show every one of these big woman stars getting just dunked on by shitty dudes. Every it does not matter how high they climb on the ladder in Showgirls. There's always some pockmarked dude to <laughs> say the most vulgar thing possible to them to bring them right back down. Mm-hmm. That is every ten minutes of Showgirls. Elizabeth Berkeley got forced into doing like you know aggressive lap dances, and when she gets this huge promotion and she's on billboards. She takes over for Gina Gershon, the great Gina Gershon. Mm-hmm. We'll get to her in a moment. She's at the top of the apex of her career, rose there at an incredibly, unprecedentedly fast rate. And Robert Davi says to her, Davi. Must be weird not having anybody come on you. Oh my God. 
Can you say anything <laughs> sicker to a person when you're congratulating them? Should be them? illegal. Should be illegal to say that. Oh my God, Robert Davi. The, Robert Davi in this movie, we we love him in Maniac Cop Two. I despised him in this movie. I mean, I, it he must be said. I think we brought it up on Maniac crass. Cop, but Davi does have brain worms now. I'm, he has the same J, uh, James Woods brain worms. It happens. He's one of them. But he is just the the quintessential piece of shit in this movie. Yeah. But that can apply to so many people in this movie. I mean, that's the thing. This movie is filled with just garbage. Just, just like this is this movie is trash. John I, Waters I, movies I almost, are made of disgusting people. Like, These people are just filth. If you are the head of like tourism for Las Vegas, I sue this movie. Yeah. Because you're making Vegas look like the worst possible thing on the planet, and I'm sure I'm not saying it's not. Vegas I'm sure it is. got I, such a negative hit from Showgirls that 1996 rolled around, and they're like, "We need something better. Bring on leaving Las Vegas." <laughs> and I was gonna say that we was need, better. We need to get our reputation back. Bring on a man who chooses <laughs> to drink himself to death in our city. That man could have drank himself to death in any city in America. He chose Vegas. At least he won awards for we it. We need this bump. Mm-hmm. Showgirls has decimated us. I went to Vegas probably around when Showgirls was out. This was one of the last times I've been to Vegas. I did not like Vegas. <laughs> Vegas is not my place. I probably would hate it even more now, now that it's gone full Jersey Shore kind of. Right, right. But I went with the also the least cool way to enjoy Vegas, 14 years old with my parents and 8-year-old sister. Not the ideal way to do that. Probably not the way to hit up Vegas. <laughs> I would I would say you have not been to Vegas yeah. if that's your I've been to Vegas story. <laughs> I saw the Santa Claus that's in like, Vegas. Yeah, that's like saying I I I've been to Niagara Falls. I flew over it. Yeah. <laughs> there was an attraction at the MGM that we went on. I w- I've tried to look up and google any information on this. I can't find much. But I know it I know it exists. It was an interactive Vegas pre-recorded show that was like, you know, Star Tours that shakes your oh, yeah, seats yeah, yeah. and chairs. There was one on the MGM, you pay for this ride, and it was hosted by Monty Hall. And it was interactive in that it would show you when to like cheer and boo. Hmm. So you were watching this fake talk show that was just pre-recorded on a screen. You were supposed to interact with it and you went on this crazy Egyptian curse ride. That's Jesus. the Vegas that I saw. But I think that Vegas is way cooler than Goddess. <laughs> you want to see naked bodies gyrating violently? Hey, do you like round boobs? What if they slap around really quick? Yeah, It's the same reason that bur- <laughs> yeah. burlesque shows confuse me. Um, burlesque is a thing that's been popular for reasons for like 15 years now. And the, it's the less hateful way of doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm empowered, if, uh, if nothing else, but, at least I... But Showgirls is just presenting the beautiful, naked form in such an unpleasant and spiteful way. Even when they're training in their like kind of Flashdance-style montage. Mm-hmm. And I like movies like Flashdance. You know, I like uh, I like Jennifer Beals a lot in that movie. That's a really I, fun I like in movies where someone like is teaching someone else a dance. Yeah, and they follow them and they get it. Yeah, except this movie. <laughs> I, I, I I am a genuine fan of that genre of movie. I really love Flashdance. 
And uh, I believe in this you. one, I yeah, Jesus. <laughs> in this one, we have this, um, this like almost gig young kind of character uh, doing the the like women's dance instructor role. Mm-hmm. This guy's the most fondly slimy lizardy guy, and all of these dance rehearsals are just the most weird human body stuff like the one guy just like thrust it thrust it thrust it it's all this like bodybuilding stuff but it's women in tight yoga pants and they're all yeah. just like yelling at each other like fuck your body up <laughs> it's like what the hell is this movie they're all trying to make these like beautiful figures just so violently robotic it's a that's weird... what people want to see in vegas yeah that's man. what the people want to see yeah that's what i yeah and if you like goddess you get to see it about a half a dozen times in this dude movie. you they really fleshed out goddess for us <laughs> we got a good sense of like six different goddess dance numbers and you know we haven't talked about her enough but gina gershon oh yeah how awesome is she for everybody else who was involved with this movie to have their career absolutely decimated for several years and gina gershon just goes on to do bound mm-hmm and just doesn't look back. She's so good. This is this movie really had the Killer Joe vibes because this is a different alternate timeline Gina Gershon. And I love her in this. But you wonder if the movie would have succeeded more. I feel bad dissing Elizabeth Berkley because you can tell she really, she tries, man. She was given bad advice, but she does her best with it. And I got to respect it. I do like her performance. She was just given bad advice. Got to respect it. And I wonder how the movie would have gone with somebody a little more charming and a little more soft during her dancing, you know? How differently that would have helped, or if it was just beyond saving, if it was too misogynistic, too well, she's, gross. She's Elizabeth Berkeley is just too much of like, a, she pulls a switchblade on a guy in the first scene. Like, yeah. she's, there's no like softness to her. So she's supposed to be this naive small town person, but she's already got the hard edge orphan background yeah but gina gershon in this movie yeah is definitely to me feels like the most actually realized yeah kind of character yeah she, uh, someone she's good. someone who's a star someone who is used to be manipulated by the system and, and has used it to her and gina know, gershon is really someone who was destined to be in hollywood she is so uniquely beautiful. She has that perfect little kitten-ish mouth, you know? I mean, a woman that was made to be on the big screen. Like, she, her looks would have played in the 40s, mm-hmm. you know? And instead, it gets to play in the best 90s trash, <laughs> you know? I love that Bound exists. Bound is a future episode. What a what a movie. And I love how she's in Showgirls, and then she's like, I'm going to be in the next year's NC-17 exactly. movie. Like, what a goddess. Oh, my God. Well, right, she knew Linda Florentino was right behind her. Yeah. She, oh, Linda up, Florentino. Trying to catch up with that 1994, erotic, 95. Uh, uh, kick. So she's like, the I got this thrillers of, of the 90s. I cannot wait until we get through this stupid John Carpenter phase of ours <laughs> and get into fucking Jade. 
Give me some David Caruso steam. That's what I'm saying, man. Huge steam. It was all over the place. It was so prevalent in the 90s. I love it. it. It's almost like this movie was trying to capsize, you know, trying to capsize. Oh, it capsized it. It capsized. It sunk the genre. It was trying to capitalize on a a particular movement, but it ended up in a lot of ways killing it. Yeah, Yeah. Absolutely. Dude, there is there's a 1993 one that I watched recently called Dream Lover. Mm. And it is like a Hitchcock style De Palma sexual filled with twists. 1994 like thriller starring James Spader and uh Oh yeah, Spader's been in some steamy movies. Yeah, Spader's some 90s steam. Yeah. And then um The Waitress from Twin Peaks. Oh, uh, young Madchen. Madchen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Madchenomic. Nice, yeah. And nice. she's like the devious like What's it called? Dream Lover. Hmm. I've been trying to find it for you on Laserdisc. Spoiler alert. I have Cuz it's wh- ones you need to see on Laserdisc. I have this uh Laserdisc with Spader and Susan Sarandon on it. And like oh, man. and it's like he's the young she's young, the older sure, lover and of course. I'm trying to remember what it's called, but it's like White he, Castle. Maybe something yeah. like that, but he's basically like in her boobs on the cover. He's <laughs> yeah. just like, holy shit. Dude, Blue Velvet started it. Blue, It's the McLaughlin connection. Blue Velvet is, is racy. Maybe. That scene with McLaughlin and Isabella Rossellini. And in Showgirls, it is just, again, sex is joyful. Sex is joy. Sex is a gift. Mm. This movie, it is just a a. a gross transaction this movie is so gross about sex and uh elizabeth berkeley kind of does a female version of <laughs> you know in 40 year old virgin when he's describing boobs and he calls them like bags of sand they're all like wait what <laughs> the way elizabeth berkeley gets to climax where she just has this like uh, epileptic fit and kind of flings her body around like one of those, like a rag doll, like yeah. one of those car dealership inflatable mm-hmm. things, and her limbs are flopping, and she's just like having a fit. That happens twice, and that is <laughs> yeah. too too many times. If I made a terrible one time, it happens for show. One time, it happens for real. It's same movement. Both both <laughs> times. Kyle McLaughlin is demonstrating two of the worst places to ever just jizz. This is Kyle McLaughlin is making his O face in the worst places. First, he it happens in a strip club mm-hmm. while he's fully dressed. So Kyle McLaughlin is just filling up these slacks. He's just straight Andy Samberg <laughs> yeah, jizzing in his pants. Biting the lip like, <laughs> like dude. <laughs> All right, let's run that back. Let's try it a little more serious this time, <laughs> Kyle. And uh, he's like, "Sorry, that's how I jizz. All that's right. how I finish. I'm Let very me method. finish. Yeah." And that time, Elizabeth Berkeley is just back flopping and just like, "Oh God!" Just like, just a fish it's, in it's a, a boat. A, it's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's, it's like so unpleasant to watch. And then later, they recreate that scene in the worst place ever, which is a swimming pool. Whoever thinks that's a cool idea. It's the worst. Nobody wants it. It almost makes you wonder if Joe Esterhaus 
has ever had sex. Yeah, I think Estrada's <laughs> is just, I think his kink is just like him writing about sex. I don't think he's ever experienced it. Cause now I don't know if Elizabeth Berkeley has either. It's making me feel like when I was the 12-year-old seeing the ads, like being like, oh no, sex is coming in this movie. And now I watch it and I go, oh, that's not. Yeah, man. But as a, like, it's like, as a 12-year-old, I probably would have bought this like, oh, this is exactly what people do it for sex. I don't know. This like is, it's almost it's such a juvenile. Even... It's such a juvenile. So I would. I think I would approach if I had watched it. So this is you saw it as like a man in your late thirties. That's right. Who's had uh, a lot of sex? Who's had some sex? <laughs> That's right. Um, so I in a did, pool. I also mark? did not see this when I was younger. I didn't see this till my mid twenties mm-hmm. or so. But I think. If I had seen it when it came out, somehow, I mean, my dad—I've told the story on here before—how he snuck Pulp Fiction for me, how my mom forbade me to see it, and then he rented it on like a Friday night without her knowing. Mm-hmm. And when she went to bed at nine cool thirty, cool dad brought it out of like his briefcase. He had it in his briefcase. She, she won't look there. Dude had gone to the video store after work because he wanted to see Pulp Fiction. He knew how bad I wanted to see it. Mm-hmm. This is I've said this before. Never forget. I'll tell the story at his funeral. This is the coolest my dad's ever been. He just silently holds up Pulp Fiction, the video cassette, and like motions to the upstairs TV. The TV on the opposite side of the house from my mom mm-hmm. in his bedroom. There was no chance in hell that was happening with showgirls. <laughs> no chance. My dad's like, son, want to watch this porno together? Nope. No chance I'm seeing showgirls at age 14. Mm-hmm. It's not happening. Pulp Fiction probably shouldn't have been seen by a 13-year-old. It probably shouldn't have been, but, but I just, did. It makes me feel like the whole country, uh, maybe let's say, let's, the whole U.S. in 1995 basically virgins yeah just a bunch of like yeah john hughes candy ass virgins (laughs) and here comes movies like basic instinct that are like let's get nasty we want to show pussy on tv and everyone's like yeah i want to get nasty we want to see that yeah that sounds fun nasty (laughs) we're ready and then they go to the movies and they're like here's nasty movie and then they're watching it going oh oh right I don't like this at all. Like and in the like, 70s. hold on, hold on. What about Wild Things? We got Wild. We, we still got Wild got, Things. We still got Wild, wild things. things. We still got Nev Campbell. Wild here. Things <laughs> is such a of of planned overreaction to showgirls <laughs> because I did see Wild Things when it came out because that was like ninety eight, ninety nine. How could you not? So I was seventeen. You know, I was old enough to actually see that. We kind were through of stuff. the Looking Glass at that point. But Wild <laughs> Things is like you see. One shot of Denise Richards' boobs. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was them just like, showgirls shows too much tits. Scale them back. That's the thing. Wild Things, as unsexy as it is, ten times sexier than showgirls. I've There's something about showgirls Wild? watching it, at least with other people near me. Mm-hmm. It was so un- unpleasant. Unappealing. Yeah. On, on just Wild- a visceral, like... Wild Things is a sexier movie than Showgirls. Wayne's World 2 is a sexier movie than Showgirls. I have seen so many (laughs) sexier movies than Showgirls. 
And that's my biggest problem. <laughs> Honestly, that's my biggest problem with Showgirls. Sure. Not it's, genuinely it's unsexy. sexy. It is unsexy. <laughs> it is genuinely unsexy. There is sexiness to be had. It's there. But it's not the majority of but, the nudity. But there's a guy yelling at it the whole time. Elizabeth Berkeley's you know epileptic I mean? climax. I would be so afraid of breaking my dick. I saw an MTV True Life or where somebody the broke their dick. And she is at like a it's horizontal a angle, bending this thing in uncool directions fast. And I don't like the looks of it. I would be too nervous. I would not be enjoying myself because I would be too afraid of trying to stay centered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're in a pool. It's all so bad. These people handle every part of being a woman so disgustingly. At one point, she's on uh, her period. Oh, God. And the dude go. The dude who also had the hot comments about everyone having AIDS. This guy's trying to be her boyfriend. This guy is the least silver-tongued man Ugh. I've ever seen in a movie. This is the kind of guy, the second a woman comes on screen, he's just like, make me a drink, bitch. <laughs> I'm just like, jeez. Does he even know this girl? But he's also kind of presented as like the good guy who's telling it to her straight. But the good guy is always the one who's the most like hateful, insulting. Like right. this movie's so mixed up. Nobody could have been reading some of these lines being like, wait, really? I would say this to this person? <laughs> <laughs> Who would say this? Do you remember when Robert Davi shows up to sexier. Elizabeth Berkeley's big debut? And the first thing he does is, you look like shit. <laughs> oh, my God. I really love, uh, we've talked about <laughs> right before, for about, uh, the way we prepared for Showgirls was watching Showgirls and then me talking about Madonna for 25 minutes to Charlie. I basically gave a dissertation to Charlie right before this podcast why Madonna was the best. Yeah, Eric likes Madonna, guys. I really love Madonna so much. And during this kind of same period of the 80s that, you know, these steamy kind of movies started really coming out, you had Madonna with Danny Aiello in the Papa Don't Preach video. And he's this exasperated Italian dad, but he loves his daughter. And then you had Lou Albano in Cindy Lauper videos <laughs> as this other fat, hairy, exasperated dad who has this wild child of a daughter, but he loves her. All the dad characters in Showgirls <laughs> would say the meanest shit to Madonna and Cindy Lauper in those videos. They would say the most vile things mm -hmm. to their beautiful daughters. This is such a hateful universe that Showgirls occupies. So while Wild Things is obviously sexier, <laughs> I am still weirdly compelled by Showgirls. It feels like the hate porn that is in... Uh, Lost Highway. Hmm. You know, the real, like, weird, surreal, might be snuff porn, but it's played on a wall in a Hollywood Hills estate while weird people in leather coats kind of stand at right, weird right, spots right. of the room. Showgirls feels kind of like that. I could see that. It feels within the Lost Highway universe. And so basically, this is a, a failed David Lynch type movie. Like, it feels very David Lynch to we've me. We've come up with two different David Lynch movies that did showgirls better than showgirls yeah 
And uh, yeah, maybe that's. I mean, that's the problem. They, Watching this movie like a David Lynch movie makes me both like and hate Showgirls maybe, more. Maybe it's just that it's like that Icarus thing, man. They they flew clue. Too close, too close to the sun. Too close to this the sun movie, and showgirls. This movie is not Maybe meta sun is. that it doesn't want to fly towards. <laughs> I do appreciate that with this film on our podcast, we do complete Gina Gershon naked bingo. <laughs> uh, what we didn't see of her in Killer Joe, we do see of her in Showgirls. Thank God. So thank goodness. Gina Gershon is someone who has no problem getting nude on screen. But also, again, is the one bringing professionalism to those kind of lurid roles. She is very good in this potboiler, steamy, beyond lifetime genre. Yeah. She's arguably the best Cinemax actress of the last 20 years. She's been, she's an undeniably good stuff. And it's weird that Gina Gershon is saving a movie that Kyle MacLachlan is helping contribute to the the negatives so this was your first time seeing it what's your final thought what's your final impression overall good overall bad and general thoughts Uh, i'm never gonna see this movie again never i'm never gonna watch this movie again ever this was uh i enjoyed i did this i don't want to say i had i I don't want to say i did not enjoy the viewing experience because i had fun we're hanging out yeah we get to laugh at these movies you'd like it you you probably liked it a lot more with several of us than if you'd yeah. seen it alone. I don't see a reason to ever watch this movie again. Okay. Did this offend you in kind of a, a certain way that Michael Haneke films have offended you before? Hmm. Uh, I know I know I I was always impressed that question. there was a couple or at least one Haneke film, I think Funny Games. It was Funny Games, yeah. That you had a I very do, visceral reaction to. And it kind of made you write off the rest of Michael Haneke, I don't, right? I don't, I don't think I have any hate in my heart for this movie. I'm not going to protest this movie, sure, uh, or anything like that. I just think, I feel like I saw that there was something that there was so much. There was three or four different really good movies that could have been right. had in this movie, and there's even like a, uh, you know, Elizabeth Berkeley mysterious woman with a shrouded past who. Man, yeah. this could have been such a great like Eileen Warnos like monster <laughs> Charlize Theron totally. kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. Could have been like the killer stripper. It would have been so great and bloody and Verhoeven esque. And yeah. there was a couple there was of so many. There were so many great <laughs> things that could have happened, and then really nothing really happens in no. this movie except you watch people get victimized for two hours. You do watch a lot of victimization, and that's it. And Verhoeven is better than that. Verhoeven yeah. is yeah. trashy. He has no problem, you know, mixing it up in the gutter. And I think we are both uh, pretty big Paul Verhoeven fans here. Uh, I think he's unfairly dumped on for some of his trashier career choices. But uh, I think his resume is too, too good. RoboCop and Total Recall alone. You get a free pass. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's true. You know, you, but then you add Starship Troopers to that. No, that's it. You you can you can make some some shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you can take some dumb risks. You can take a swing. Yeah, I, I think something like this. Of course, happened then he's like too. Hollow Man. Like okay, jeez. Oh, yeah, right. well, I know he was really a, testing this three to two ratio. He's like a European guy, and I think he made some similarly kind of controversial movies in Europe before you know coming over to the U.S. So he's a guy that takes big swings. Yeah, and I think 
But I, there I was like some art. There was the an artistic intent somewhere in there, and then it just gets lost in the sleaze, and then it's just. Well, it's great. It's I don't know. It's, it's great seeing this Amsterdam take on on trash pulp uh, yeah. film. But again, Total Recall and RoboCop. RoboCop. Uh, if you guys have not listened to it, we did this episode probably I don't know fifteen or so episodes ago. A few months ago now, yeah. One of my favorite episodes and one of my favorite movies, and a movie that hits real different in twenty twenty than it did, you know, thirty years ago. And Verhoeven isn't uh, the hack that some people have made him out to be. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I have a lot of love for this guy. And so Showgirls feels like a miss, but it tries things that other movies wouldn't have tried. Some of that for good reason. I was going to say. Some of it for really good reason. Other movies were smarter enough. And it's funny that we compare it to Body Double. I love Body Double. But Body Double also ruined careers. For a while. Uh, the lead in Body Double definitely had a derailed career for a while. Greg Henry did not get back to actual you know, villain or second lead status for four or five years. Hmm. It helped Melanie Griffith. <laughs> and the Melanie Griffith and Nomi roles I do find very similar. Hmm. And I think the Melanie Griffith role had that extra charm that Melanie Griffith has. I love her. I think she's really talented and perfect for that kind of stuff. And I think that role could have been really trashy. And she brought this real sweetness and this real strength to it that, sadly, Elizabeth Berkeley just doesn't get the opportunity to bring because it's not written for her to be there. She can't add it to any of these scenes. She's made to be a weird, triggered brat. Mm-hmm. And who, who mispronounces Versace and stuff. Yeah, is made to just look like an idiot and feel bad. Yeah. And Meg Ryan's character treats herself better than that. And she has some self-respect. And Nomi, the movie just doesn't let Nomi have enough self-respect. And that's where it, the real failure is. But you kind of have to see it. It's an American legendary movie. It's infamous for a reason. I'd say see it once if you haven't I'm seen it. I'm not saying study it Man, like a couple weirdos like us, but I think it is I think it has to be seen to be believed. Yeah, this is a movie that happened. This is a movie that was expected to be a hit. This is a movie that people banked on being a hit. And this played to the masses. This was the movie we would get the Sunday Chronicle. And I remember seeing Bad Lieutenant show up there in the movie listings, N C seventeen. Mm -hmm. I'd never Mm -hmm. seen that before. This was the next movie. Showgirls. It was immediately infamous amongst teens. And it is just gross as an adult man. Oh, what a hateful movie. So torn on Showgirls. Perfect movie. (laughs) (laughs) It came to this. Episode 69. Champagne popping. And uh, all I can say is I guarantee it'll never come to this again. No, I can't wait for us to redo this in episode 169. (laughs) Can't wait for it. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. It's been Showgirls, baby. Man, it came to this all right. Good night, guys.